0: Talk Recorded live.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Stacy Hall, and this is the World That Works for All podcast series featuring Barrett Kohler authors, wisdompreneurs, change agents, thought leaders. And this episode is featuring one of my personal uh, heroes. I'll say sheroes. I've known Sharon Jordan Evans for quite a while. She was already a best selling author before my very first book went to number one, and I've learned so much from her over the years that it is a great honor to be interviewing her today. And to introduce you to her, Sharon is a pioneer in the field of employee retention and engagement, like truly one of the earliest pioneers going into an area of how to maintain employees when no one valued employees as human beings. She serves as a prominent speaker for Fortune 500 companies, an executive coach to leaders of these organizations. And just so you know, you'd only want to work with Sharon if you really believe in the value of the people you've already attracted. She has a master's degree in organization development and, of course, is a professional certified coach. She's co-authored two Wall Street Journal bestsellers. The first, Love em or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay. And it's considered the world's best-selling employee retention book. And then also, Love It, Don't Leave It, 26 Ways to Get What You Want at Work. So that's the counterpart for the employees to be able to know that they can speak up and ask for what they want, too. It usually works better, I'm sure, Sharon, <laughs> if the employer has read Love Them or Lose Them, if the employee has also read Love It and Don't Leave It. You got that. And then her latest book, Hello Stay Interviews, Goodbye Talent Loss, was published in 2015, and that's what we're gonna talk today about Hello Day Interviews. Hey Sharon.
0: Hello Stacy, good to be with you.
1: It's really good to be with you too. So you know that the mission of Barracolor Publishers is to create a world that works for all.
0: How do, I'm sorry, Sharon, I believe that we had a
1: bit of technical difficulty right there. I'm asking you, how do your books fit with and support the Barrett-Kohler mission of a world that works for all?
0: Right, okay, so here, here's the link as I see it. I've given this some thought. Um, first of all, a world that works for all has to include the world of work, you know, the places we work, whether they're bricks and mortar or they're virtual workplaces, and then also the people with whom we work. And that includes those who are leading or managing us. So one study found, for example, that 50% of workplace satisfaction depends on the relationship one has with the boss. And, and frankly, for me, it was always more than 50%. Uh, the conference board research found that people don't leave companies, they leave managers. So we, my co-author Beth Kaye and I, have written two books that are designed to help managers become better leaders and then the third book that you've mentioned, to help workers move the needle on their own job satisfaction. Now, when we accomplish both, so when you have kinder, gentler, happier workplaces as a result, uh, that will contribute to the world that works for all. So so that's my link as I see it. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, I think it's fabulous. <laughs> and I have, I figured that's what you were going to say. So I, I'm thrilled that you did. But, yes, absolutely, uh, when so much of our time is spent in the workplace, we want it to be a place that works for all, and that's why I just love your book so very, very much, and all the wisdom that you share in between those books. So I'm going to ask you why you decided to write Hello, State Interviews.
0: Well, yeah, let me talk a little bit about its predecessor, the, the Love Them or Lose em book, which actually came... In the late 90s, the first edition, it's five editions now, but it start, we started with that book in the late 90s, and it was in the midst of talent wars. And actually no one had written a book to managers about how to engage and retain talent. They had written books to human resources professionals, and some of those were good books. But we said, well, wait a minute, our research shows the manager has more to do with engaging and retaining talent than anybody else in the equation so we need to write a book to managers and of course hr professionals we hope will love it as well uh, so it started really with the love em or lose them book now in that book w- the first chapter ask is a strategy about how to find out what will keep this particular person because it's a very individualized approach you, you, can't, you can't wave a magic wand and know what everybody in your workplace wants and what will keep them there and satisfied and engaged. So the first chapter of Love Them or Lose Them, which has 26 chapters, um, A through Z, the first chapter is about asking. And it's really asking a hard question for some managers, which is, you know, I want to know what will keep you here, and I'd also like to know what could entice you away. And, of course, right now your listeners even are saying, what? I would not ask that. That is too scary. So what we realized is we needed to provide a second book, a little more support for this stay interview approach. We call it a stay interview. We coined that term way back in the late 90s. And and we realized managers need a little help because they're not asking that question for good reason. They're afraid. We'll come circling back to that when we focus in just a little bit more on the hello stay interview book but that's kind of how it came to be
1: fantastic all right so i would love to know a little more about the hello stay interviews It's an interesting topic for me an interesting title can you say more how you came up with that
0: yeah it was kind of accidental in a way I had a client in Silicon Valley, and they hired me to help them figure out how to engage and retain, hang on to, about 28 people who were being trained up on SAP. And they were some of the high flyers in the organization from many different functions. And the research was telling us that once you get these people trained up on SAP, um, which is that integrated software system, once they're trained up, they are stolen away and often stolen away even before the project project is complete or you go live. So I was called to, to come in and help them figure out a retention strategy. And this was in 97, and this was not a hot topic yet, and there was no book to describe how to do this. And so I said to the people in my organization development manner, I said, I don't really know how to do this, but I can work with you to figure it out. How about that? And they bought it. And so we started this project. And I said, well, first, why don't we ask these 28 talented people, why don't you have their boss, not me, not an outsider, have their boss ask them what will keep them after this project is over? And what could entice them away? Well, and everyone thought that was really scary and risky and all of that. And I said, well, let's try it. Let's test drive it. And the result was so amazing. And so prompt then uh, for me to say, you know, let's call this a stay interview. Um, and the theory is if you conduct more stay interviews, you will have fewer. Uh, we The project went on for a couple of years. At the end of it, uh, they had not lost one single person, which was just about unheard of. And it all started with the question, you know, kind of the grandfather of all stay interview questions, which is what will keep you here and what could entice you away? And by the way, it's, it's partnered with a statement from the boss that says, you matter so much to me, I cannot imagine losing you. So I'd like to know what will keep you here.
1: I'm, I'm glad you repeated the question because it was such a powerful question. I'm going to ask you to repeat the whole thing again because I'm sure people who are listening are going to be taking copious notes
0: at yeah, this and point. So yeah, how
1: does it go again?
0: Yeah, it, 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 it starts with you matter so much to me and to this team. Maybe I don't tell you that often enough, Stacy, but I don't want to lose you. So I'd like to know what will keep you here and even what could entice you away. Now, this presumes, by the way, that you and I have a, some level of trust. Right. So some managers have one manager said to me from an audience when I was giving a speech, he he said uh, he stood up and he said, you know, I I can't imagine asking my employee that. I don't even say hi in the hallway. And I said, well, you might you might want to ease into this then you you might want to you might want to start with hi in the hallway and go from there. So there is there is an assumption that you have some level of trust. Here's what's interesting about it, though. Having a conversation like this develops trust. So if you don't have trust going both ways with this employee, having this kind of heartfelt, and it has to be authentic, by the way. Uh, Another manager asked me one time, you know, I I can't imagine holding um, that kind of a conversation. I can't imagine telling an employee, you matter so much to me, I don't want to lose you, um, because this one employee is kind of not a great performer. And I said, Oh, yeah, that's a different conversation, isn't it, with that that employee? That's a conversation about performance and development and, and so on, right? So this day interview is intended for anyone you hope to keep on your team, anyone for whom you say, I can't afford to lose her, I can't afford to lose him. And they don't have to be superstars. They can be solid citizens that show up every day and do a great job, and you know you can't lose them.
1: I've got a thousand questions off of that last question. So the first is, it seems like it would be a good idea to read Love Them or Lose Them
0: first. You know, you you almost need to, because very often the employee is asking for something that you're like, oh, goodness, a career path? Oops, I don't know how to do that. So there's a chapter on careers. Um, or or the employee the the employee says the 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 thing that would keep me here is you know that peer of mine that 's a jerk that 's driving me crazy. Could you help out with that? Well, we just happen to have a chapter um you know the jerk chapter don 't be one and 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 so it 's an a through z compendium it 's a it 's like a an auto manual if you will, you can go to and find the topic uh that resonates with that employee and get some hints and ideas and tools for your toolkit. All
1: right. And, and where I was coming from is that if somebody doesn't have a relationship already with somebody they want to keep, mm-hmm. they definitely need the tips in Love them or lose them. They
0: need the tips. They, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. The the other, the other thing, Stacey, too, is a lot of people think this stay interview is a one-time event. And I say, well, no. I mean, hopefully it's an ongoing occurrence. You know, you're having conversations on a regular basis, and there are some companies now that, because this came out in the late 90s, it's almost been institutionalized here to have stay interviews with people, and they may or may not call them that, but in many cases, they do call it a stay interview, and it's held on a quarterly basis, or it's held twice a year, or so in some cases, companies have gotten pretty serious um, about that, now, you know, too, that I, I raised this issue already, there's fear on the part of managers. And, yeah. you know, the, the fear is legit if you're not prepared and you don't know quite what to do when the employee asks for something that you can't give them or you think you can't give it to them. So in in the Hello Stay interview book um, and also in Love and Lose Them, in that first chapter, we highlight four easy steps for dealing with a request that's tough or you think you may not be able to deliver on it? Have,
1: well, I'm going to ask you this. I've read studies that say that what employees want is appreciation, even more so than money. The Has re- that been your experience? or Because the fear might be alleviated if managers know going into it, the likelihood is that you're going to be able to, for somebody who you want to stay, if the relationship's already there, you're most likely going to be able to find a way to be of support to them. Is that true, or am I just being Pollyanna?
0: No, you're not being Pollyanna. And and you know, Stacey, it's funny, because research from all kinds of experts over the last five decades have proven that money is not the number one stay factor. Um, It may be one of the top reasons someone takes a job in the beginning, But once they are there, the reasons they stay are, you know, a chance to grow and to learn, and that's like number one, a really good boss, good people to work with, and opportunities, you know, new opportunities. Those are like the top four. And then money comes in like number five. But money, as we know, is a hygiene factor, meaning if it's not good enough or it's not enough to live on, surely, yeah, this employee's antenna will go up and they will be vulnerable to, you know, leaving or being stolen away by your competitor. So money does matter, but it is a very ineffective. Well, think about it this way. If I'm bored silly and I work for a jerk and I don't see any career path, am I going to stay for, you know, a little bit more money? Probably not. And I don't know if you would, Stacy, but most people say no. Now, I should say, here's a caveat, there are people who work simply for the money. And you're, you're kind of in trouble in that regard if they want more, 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 and it's the only thing they want. Um, there will always be a higher bidder. So it's, in, in some ways, you have to kind of get used to the notion that you're probably going to lose them if that's all they honestly care about. But they are in such a minority. They really are.
1: I understand. Thanks for explaining all of that. So what would you say uh, you're hearing from managers are the kinds of things that people do want? Is that okay for me to ask?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you, the kinds of things they do want are often very simple to give. So in one example, um, there was a boss, Charlie. I was actually his coach. And I said, why don't you try this stay interview thing? And he said, ah, it's too scary. And I said, we'll try it with some. First, try it with somebody who loves you, you know, and and it'll be easy, you know. And then you'll say, ah, I can do more of these. And he said, okay, all right. So he had an employee named Ken. So he calls Ken in and he says, Ken, I don't think I've told you this very often, but you matter so much to me and to this team. I can't imagine losing you. I mean, he really scripted it, you know. And then he said, so I want to know what will keep you here, and what could entice you away. And Ken answered with this amazing response that threw Charlie almost for a loop. Charlie was ready for the I want a promotion or I want more money, and then he was going to use his four steps that I'll divulge with you know, a little bit later here. But no, Ken responded with, you know what, Charlie, I, would, I aspire to move up in the organization um, over time, and I would love to see how the senior team operates Would there ever be a chance for me to accompany you to a staff meeting of the senior team? And Charlie said, well, you know, I'll I'll double check, but I can't imagine why not. Let let me double check and see. comes back to him about three days later and says, oh, they said, yeah, sure, Bring, bring Ken along. That would be great. I mean, that's all he wanted. He was absolutely ecstatic about that one visit so that he could watch a senior team in a in a staff meeting and a hefty discussion and they could see him so he had some visibility as well so very often people people will ask for simple little things that you can give you know could I come in a half hour later on Fridays so I can get my daughter to her swim class that kinda thing and you go well, yeah probably that could work so it's listening for those things um, you know upon which you really can deliver but, you know, we should look at, Stacey, what happens if they ask for something I can't deliver? Yes. And the four steps. You want to know those four steps?
1: Yeah, I do. I was actually going to say, okay, fine. So I bet that most of the time it works. But every once in a while there's going to be that surprise and what right. the person's asking for can't be provided and now the cat's out of the bag. So, right. yes, I want to know what do you do.
0: Right. Okay. So there are four steps. I'm going to name them, and then I'm going to give you an example that it was actually a true story that happened to me. So number one, step number one, is to acknowledge the request. Acknowledge you hear the request, and I'll I'll give you an example. Number two is tell the truth about the obstacles you face in granting that request. Number three is show that you care enough to explore, to look into the request, and to stand up for this treasured talented employee number three care enough to explore number four ha, and here's the key ask what else what else matters to you if not this then what if not now then when so let me give you an example my my boss and i really loved her she was a great boss Um, i went into her at one point and she had already told me plenty of times how much she valued me so i went in all courageous and asked for a ten percent raise And at first she said, um, oh, my gosh, Sharon, oh, my gosh, Um, I'm sorry, but you've already peeked out. And I went, peeked out? I mean, I don't ever intend to peek out. I'm, (laughs) I'm I'm not peeking out. And so I was then put off, but she was just panicked. Now here's what she could have done. She could have said, Sharon, you are worth that and more to me. Second, tell the truth, she could have said, let me tell you what I'm facing. You know, we're having recent budget cuts and tightening of the belt across the board, and I've been told you cannot give anybody a raise right now. And then she could have said, but I hear your request, and it's a valid request. Let me at least see what I can do. Let me talk to HR. Let me talk to my boss. Let me see, you know, if if not now, then when can we revisit this? because it matters to you, and I hear that. And then she says, meanwhile, while we we look into that, meanwhile, Sharon, what else matters? And what I would have said to her is, I understand that our consulting firm is opening up a subsidiary company, and they're doing change management, and that's my background. And could I maybe serve on a task force that's helping them design this program could I get involved somehow and she could have said well it depends can you do your current job plus do that and I would have said oh yeah I I can definitely do that I can do that so if if she would have just gone down that if she'd had the four steps at the ready uh, we could have gotten there as it turned out I was so disappointed and it felt like she didn't care enough and I was gone six months later. So I, I encourage, encourage, encourage people to test drive this four-step approach. Approach, And by the way, if you ask someone what else often enough, you will finally hear from them something they want that you can deliver. And, um, you know, if, if not, if they only want the money, for example, they only want the promotion, then that could be problematic. But it is incredibly rare.
1: Sharon, as you were sharing your story, I was right there with you, and I can think of two experiences in my own world where I was an employee of someone, and in both cases, they did not do a stay interview. They wanted me there. They appreciated me. I knew they appreciated me.
0: Yeah.
1: But when it came time for them to support me, like as they say, put their money where their mouth was. And in in both cases, neither situation was about money. In one case, it was about a title because a client, I was in advertising and a client had said to me, I was assistant account executive, but operating like account executive with the full support of my bosses is why are they not giving you the title? Yeah. And I went back and asked about that, got shut down. Mm-hmm. and um, in another case too long to explain but it, it it was about money but it was about money that had been promised and then the boss had made a mistake right and the way it was handled and both of those situations because of how they were handled launched me to what was next for me
0: yeah oh i hear countless countless stories and and in my executive coaching i'm always working with now senior level senior level executives, and they don't know how to do this stay interview thing, or they steer clear of it, you know. And and <laughs> it's a small part of the coaching engagement usually, but I I get them to give it a go. I say just try it, you know, and start out with someone you feel is safe. Like I said, someone, you know, likes you and trusts you, and and you're not going to chase them out the door by some goof that you make. Uh, but literally having the four steps at the ready uh, allows a manager. I mean, you can deal with any request they come at you with. You know, if they say they would like a new Tesla vehicle, I always use that example because I would like one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they're giving them out, I'll take one too. Yeah, I want one of those. <laughs> uh, but that's the biggest fear is, and that's why uh, the stay interview is not conducted. And and how ironic. If you're afraid to have a stay interview with that person, aren't you afraid they might go? They might leave and you're having an exit interview with them? And too often it's in the exit interview that they find out how much you treasure them and you find out what it was they needed to stay, but it's too late. They're out the door. They grabbed the new opportunity. So again, as a reminder, people are intrigued and attracted to a new job, intrigued by and attracted to a new job, often um, because of the money or the perks or the Tesla or whatever it might be, it is not what keeps them, and it's not what will keep them in that new place. So, you know, the two that we sometimes think they're the same thing—what attracts you will keep you—but that's not the case.
1: Fantastic. Well, I, what have I not asked you about? I mean, there's, you know, you've got this wealth, this library of books that are you know, mega bestsellers in the world of human resources. There's probably some information I've not asked you about that you know your listeners would want to hear. So Sharon, I want to give you the opportunity. Yeah, I have to, that.
0: because we spent some good time on that Hello, Stay interview book, which I I think is such a handy little guide for managers, I I guess I do want to um, emphasize again Love Them or Lose Them, which came out just a couple years ago in the fifth edition of this book, and, you know, it is it is so user-friendly. It's so easy to access the strategy that you need at a given moment. So this sounds like a sales pitch, but honestly, I give away these things half the time because I want managers to have tools for their tool bag, and that's exactly what it's about. You know, A, a good example is in Love Them or Lose Them, again, alphabetically organized. So the S chapter stands for space, and it's about giving people some elbow room, giving them a long leash, you know, not micromanaging them, um, letting them choose, you know, how they work, where they work and, and what approach they take to work. The younger generation is absolutely demanding that their managers be more space friendly than the managers of several decades ago. So, you know, what I encourage people to do is flip to that chapter, take a little Quiz there that has you evaluate how space friendly you are. And um, it causes some smiles, some grins as well. But there are numerous uh, assessments like that throughout the book. In the jerk chapter, again, people think the jerk is the other guy. It, it couldn't be me. So you get to take your own insight quiz into your jerk like behaviors and figure out what to do if you're exhibiting any of those. So, you know, I just encourage people to take a look. Even some of those chapters are available online if you go to Amazon and and you can take a peek at it. And and the other thing I guess I want to say, too, is, you know, I've coached leaders at all levels for over 20 years. I'm so amazed constantly at their motivation and their ability to learn and grow as managers. They want to be good leaders. Um, And it can feel like a huge challenge, but it really doesn't have to be.
1: I love it, and I I, I know that I'm going to go and take the jerk test for <laughs> so sure. That's, there's probably some ways I'm being jerky, and I'm going to tell you what you brought up about that long leash or the space. I know that's the truth. I, I I was voting, you know, not too terribly long ago, and standing in line waiting to cast my ballot, started up a conversation with a stranger who happens to be a manager in a tech company, um, managing 200. Young people, we'll put it that way. And uh, I said, what's your biggest challenge? And it was exactly this. How do you get them to do what you want them to do when they want to go do their own thing? Right. So I'm going to ask you, does your book help people understand that and how to be a manager of that kind of craziness?
0: It really does. We, We have a chapter even devoted to generational differences. Um, it's called Xers and Other Generations because it had to go with the X in the alphabet. So it's Xers and Other Generations, but it's really understanding the differences, and they are very real. Um, in the past, sometimes managers would poo-poo this and say, you know, or I'm not going to cater to someone just because they're younger. Um, you know. But I'd say, well, okay, but you may not keep them then. And it's not about catering. It's about strategic management. So, yeah, the space chapter speaks to this um, in great detail, giving people lots of ideas about how to accommodate needs and wants um, of their treasured, talented workforce. And the generations chapter, too, helps. And another one, the yield chapter, is about giving power away. Um, and, you know, that's always been a tough one for leaders, for managers. So that, that too, would be very helpful.
1: I love it. Sharon, how can people get a hold of your books? And even more importantly, how can they find out about you and your organization in case they want you to coach them or come speak to their organization?
0: So first of all, the book, Amazon. Um, They've got all three of our books available there. So I'd recommend that. The publisher is always happy. Uh, Barrett Kohler, always happy, too, to provide Books, and both Barrett Kohler and Amazon provide um, at bulk rates, so that's kind of nice if an organization wants to buy, you know, a number of books for their managers. It's easy to do that through Amazon or through Barrett Kohler Publishers. And then um, you can reach me at uh, Sharon at J-E-G dot org. So it's Sharon at J-E-G, which stands for Jordan Evans Group dot org. And you can go take a look on my website to learn more about my coaching or my speaking. And the website is www.jeg. Sharon? Yes, I'm here.
1: (laughs) So so the website, again, that seemed like it just cut off there at the end. Could you give it to us one more time?
0: Yeah, the website is www. Okay, that's funny. I'm blanking on my own website here. I just got it changed. Uh, do you have that in front of you, Stacey? <laughs> well, <laughs> I have the
1: SharonJordanEvans.com dot com
0: website. Yep, that's the one. Let's go there. That's the one. We just changed it to that, so it was easier to find. People miss the dot org sometimes. They they aren't sure about what the dot org is all about, so we changed it. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's okay. So I'm just to be really clear with everyone. The new website to reach Sharon is Sharon Jordan with an A N Evans. Dot com, Sharon Jordan Evans com. You can find her as well on the Barrett Kohler website, BKConnection.com. BKConnection.com can read all about her books and get to know her and connect to her website from BKConnection.com as well. Sharon, as always, it has been a joy, a pleasure, an honor to be able to ask questions of you, to improve my own leadership skills. And I know that the folks that I interact with, my teams, and even my clients uh, benefit as much from what you share with me as I do because I let them know about you. For everyone, uh, please do check out Sharon's books. Contact her, follow her um are you on are you on twitter as well do you tweet sharon? I,
0: I do occasional i'm not the i'm not uh every day like some people we know but i i do occasionally tweet of course and facebook as well and if you ask me what all those are named that's all right we'll find you through the website but yes. i will but I it's will all listed on the website yeah
1: when, when sharon tweets Everybody stops and listens. Oh, That's (laughs) one of the things. She's not overwhelming people with tweets, but when she tweets, it's important. There you go. So I thank you all for taking the time to listen to another episode of A World That Works For All featuring the Barrett Kohler authors, wisdompreneurs, thought leaders, and change agents. I am Stacy Hall. You can learn more about me at she, C-H-I-dash, T-O-B-E dot com, G T B dot com. I support people in staying energized. So whether you're a manager or an employee, being able to tap into your own power makes you happier, more successful, and better able to achieve whatever goals you set for yourself. It's been a joy, and we're going to close the book on another episode. Bye everyone.